Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. The one and only shot under Willie Mack. This is Shreddy Breck, a.k.a. Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening to... You are listening to... You are listening to... Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Hello and welcome to Broken But Glorious. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined online by Daredevil Dave Doll. How are you doing, Stephen? Dave? I'm good. How are you? I'm brilliant, thank you. <laughs> Might as well start at the beginning. So who was your favourite wrestlers growing up? So. Uh... Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. You know, you had Shawn Michaels with the showmanship and Bret Hart with the technical ability. Um, you know, Shawn would draw you in with all that showmanship and the glitz and glamour, everything. And then you can watch Bret just, you know, work on his opponents and put him in different holds and twists and turns and just how he transitioned everything and just everything he basically did was just technically sound. Yeah, that. That era is probably my era growing up. There were such polar opposites coming together, and you could see why they didn't like each other in real life. Because, you know. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah, my favorite, my favorite was Macho Man growing up. It's just this, I don't know, his gravelly voice, his flamboyance, his, his colorful outfits. I just, it just drew me in when I was like ten years old. <laughs> so, so what prompted you to dawn the tights to get into the ring? So when I was eight. I started doing the amateur wrestling, and uh, I thought it was going to be pro wrestling and get in a ring and throw people in with chairs and all that. Oh, wow. Turned out not to be. Then when I started, you know, when I got older and I be- started becoming an adult, I, you know, life takes a turn, and I couldn't do that anymore. So I found a wrestling school and started my pro wrestling training. So how, how far into like amateur wrestling did you eventually get? Uh, so, um. <laughs> Let's see. I started when I was eight, so I was in elementary school, as we call it in the states. Um, yeah. So elementary school, middle school, all of high school, and then a year in college or university, wow. as you guys might call it. So was that on a scholarship for wrestling scholarship or was it just? Uh, no, the school I actually went to was for uh, underprivileged kids. Like if you didn't have a lot or you had some family issues and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they bring you in. Basically on full scholarship, but you got in based on like what your home life was or your, you know, growing up was. So I got into that and uh, I was there for about a year. You learned to trade, you know, you could do yeah. sports if you did two or more. If you did two or more sports, you didn't have to do uh, what they called grounds, which is working on the campus. You know, you didn't have to do the monthly mandatory one. The only time you would have to do it is if you got in trouble. So. <laughs> So was Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, who you want to mold your style around when you start training, your pro wrestling style? Uh, no, I I wanted to do what I knew and keep it more, you know, amateur wrestling based with throws and holds. So like you'll see in my matches, I throw more belly to bellies and Germans, and I'll put on a camel clutch and other various holds. And uh, you know, I was you know knowing that Kurt Angle had the background he did or Scott Steiner had the background he did. Those guys style is more what I wanted. Uh, I mean, I am a showman, especially yeah. when I'm a heel. Cause like people meet me in real life and they realize I'm actually a super nice dude. But when I'm in coming out to the ring in certain places, I don't even have to say anything or do anything. As soon as I come through the curtain, people start booing. 
because they just know how much of an a-hole my character is and they right away just start going and getting on me one guy always calls me Pillsbury Doughboy and he's oh, probably wow. three times my size so <laughs> so do you prefer to work heel or do you have a preference uh, I mean I can do both uh, I like working heel only because like for me being the nice guy I am in real life it's an outlet for all like the times I want to be a real a-hole to people but can't yeah. you know yeah. what I mean uh, yeah, definitely. And uh, and it, it's a it's a change of pace for me. It lets me be it lets me be a character, but be me at the same time. Uh, so like, and but being a face like that's fun too, because you know, getting cheered and having the kids clap for you and everything is awesome. But I mean, either way, I do good at the merch table too. So like, it's a win win for me. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've interviewed some wrestlers who work in customer service, and they say it's the best feeling ever being a heel at the weekends because you have to be so nice during the week. Oh, uh, yeah. Especially when you are like, you know, I'm not in any big companies where I'm traveling around, you know, five days a week or anything like that. You know, I have I'm a regular guy that's trying to live my dream and work my way up to that. But I mean, I still have a day job, you know, and I have to come home and I hang out with my family and then, you know, I go to wrestling and do what I can. And, you know, so sometimes you just need to be that a-hole. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so take us back to your first match. What do you remember about it in hindsight? Did you enjoy it? Have you been back and watched it? Uh, I don't know if footage of it actually exists because I've never gotten to watch it back because I had just started. Yeah. I was wearing trunks at the time, which was super uncomfortable for me because I've worn a singlet all my life. Um, I was play. it was in a, like a yard of a bar and oh, wow. it was just like a random, like autism speaks, like benefit show, maybe had 30, 40 people there. And, uh, <laughs> I was thrown into this tag match and we were, I was thrown into a random tag team. First match ever worked these two guys. Uh, first spot of the match is they're going to go for a line duck they're going for a fact by a drop, little leapfrog over. They're going to turn around, drop kick him. Okay, yeah. cool. So we do the spot. I drop kick the smaller of the two opponents. They bump. When they start getting up, I notice that the small one's nose is bleeding. Oh, wow. Like bad. And I'm like, oh, did I kick him in the face? Oh, crap. And I'm now feeling horrible. Later we find out at the end of the match because like the whole match, every time I'm like real in close and it can talk, I'm like, "Hey, I'm tell tell Sal I'm sorry." I didn't. <laughs> and like I'm pale white, like I'm Irish, like seventy five percent Irish. So I'm pale white. They're chopping me. I have angel wings on my chest. I have like a handprint on my kidney because they gave me a kidney chop. Oh. And like find out after the match that when they bumped on the drop kicks. The big one smacked the small one in the face and broke his nose. Wow. <laughs> so it wasn't me. It was his partner. But him and his partner took actually took a liking to me. I think maybe two months later, I had yeah. uh, my first main event match for a championship with him because his opponent didn't show up. And he was like, hey, put me with this kid. You know, we can do something. And we did that. And it was a decent match. I mean, I made a few mistakes. I was only like two months into doing shows. So, yeah. Oh, amazing. So how how did the the devil nickname come from? Uh so in 16 I went from using a fake name uh to using my real name which is Dave Dahl. 
And uh, at the time, same time, uh, Daredevil season two was coming out on Netflix. So I was like, hmm, Daredevil, Dave Dahl, logos would be cool. Putting hashtag Daredevil and everything will tie me into the conversation with that. I'm like, this could work. And yeah. then I've just pretty much stuck with it every, ever since then. And I was also coming back and doing like a vigilante type uh, little storyline anyway. You know, I was teaming with these two guys as a heel. Uh, we had like a winner takes all championship match where the heavyweight champion was teaming with the number one contender tag team and a six man. And I was the number one contender for the uh, heavyweight and they were the tag champs. Winner takes all. We lost, but we lost because of me. So they jumped me and beat me down and whatnot. And like I did the whole Daniel Bryan speech apparently right at like a few days after he did yeah. about concussions. You can't wrestle anymore. And then they started beating somebody up at the end of the show, and I came out in the mask and revealed that I, uh, you know, you took out that guy, but you didn't take out this guy. Whole big baby face pop and you know face turn, and it worked. And like now it's it kind of just grew into its own little brand. Um, I actually have a sponsorship who makes all my gear, and I like my track jackets and my singlets, uh, my house yeah, sports sure. gear out of uh, Pennsylvania. They're great with uh, fighting, like combat sports stuff. Yes. So, you know, they're awesome, you know, nationally and actually internationally as well. So yes. they, uh, that's been a big hookup, and they've taken my logos, who are made by one of my best friends. Uh, his name's Eric Riles. He has great graphic work. If you can find him on, uh, uh, on social media, either Eric Riles or Desmond Monroe, because he's also a wrestler. He, uh, he does great graphics, like my skull with the horns and the DD and that. That looks amazing, that. yeah. <laughs> so. so. Yeah, but the next question was going to be about whether you did your own designs. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> so so how how's your character evolved from like your first match through to now? So who did you, what was your name before you were Daredevil? I wrestled under the name James Coleman. Uh, it's just my middle name along with... Uh, my other side of the family, my mom's side of the family last name, or part of my mom's side of the family yes. last name. Because uh, my uh, great poppy, as I call him, had passed away right as I was training. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like uh, an honorary of him because we share the same middle name. So I was like, oh, I'll use my middle name and his last name. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything I kind of do has My name is my name now, but like, uh, if you look at my pictures, I have. Currently, I have three tattoos, and most of my pictures, you only see two, because mm-hmm. the third one's pretty new. Uh, but you see the paw print with the 19, and then you see the crochet needles and a ball of yarn with the banner. Well, the banner says Grandma Doll, because my grandma had passed away, and that's yeah. a design a friend of mine drew up for me. So I was like, I'm getting this tattooed. Uh, the paw print with the 19 is for one of my best friends, who actually passed away in sixth grade. From a pediat- uh, pediatric brain cancer, which he fought for like two years. So yeah. I was playing football at the time, American football, not soccer. Um, and we retired his number and had a whole big like ceremony for him, news coverage, everything. And we had that patch on our jerseys. Uh, turn around to his 21st birthday. Yeah. Or what would have been his 21st birthday. I was actually at tournament of death and the crowd just hanging out 
chilling. You know, I knew I already knew the CCW guys because I was training at the time already. And uh, the first match was a drunken scaffold match. First punch is with a beer can. Beer can wow. comes flying. I want to say I have Lucky 13's hand. If it wasn't Lucky 13's hand, it was uh, um, oh what the hell, uh, Devin Moore. Oh, I can't think of his name right now. Danny Havoc. There we go. It wasn't Lucky 13's hand. It was Danny Havoc's. And either one of them let go of their beard. And it flew and hit me in my left arm. And I was like, if that's not a sign, I don't know what is. So, like, a few weeks later, I went and got the tattoo on my left arm. Oh. That's amazing. (laughs) And then the newest one is actually a crown with my daughter's name and her birth date in the brim of it, like, on the inside. Yeah, I've got a tattoo on my arm. It's my oldest son in it says Joel in Chinese, and there's like a little my girlfriend says it's a guardian angel above it, but I didn't think it was when I got the tattoo because she reckons it yeah. looks like an angel. <laughs> I, still need, I still need to yeah find the money to get a, one for my youngest son and do a design. So you mentioned um, CCW there. So do you enjoy the more hardcore side of the spells? Uh, I mean, there's a place for it. Yeah. Um, would I? like to get into that genre of wrestling not on a full-time basis um no. i think like there's definitely an art for it like uh you guys probably know him, big f and joe yes um he came over the states i got to meet him and he's a great dude i talk to him every once in a while um would love to work him in a regular match and then or do like a series where it ends up in a death match but that's the thing like to me i think there is a place for it um, it's a great genre. There's a lot of great people that come out of it. Like, you know, guys like John Moxley did it for a while and stuff, and he's doing very well. But, like, for me, like, if I'm going to do that, it has to be the end of a great story or the blow off or, you know, just the finish. Like, um, if I'm in a year long rivalry and the only way to win is like a loser leaves death match or like, yes. or you actually pretend you died in the company. Like, you know what I mean? Like to me, that's where I would want to do it. Yeah, only because that's just that to me, it's an exclamation point. Because you're doing a death match. Where where do you go after that in yeah. a feud? You know, um, the guys that do multiple, multiple, and change change the uh, stipulations. Like you know, maybe you go from panes of glass to uh, light tubes to mm. barbed wire ropes to no ropes uh, death match. You know, sacrifice, deathmatch, and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's their way of telling a story. For me to go in that genre, I would want yeah. it to be a long, long story. It'd be the end of that. You know, the exclamation, icing on the cake, the story's done, moving on to the next thing. I, th- I think with most stipulation matches, it, they, it makes sense to use them as a blow-off to, to well, a rivalry, to a feud. Yeah, like, see... Um, AEW had the cage match with Cody and uh, Wardlow. Yes. Great. That cage to me is the best looking cage I've seen in pro wrestling history ever, just because it's so different. And like, even though it does kind of like sit like the hell in a cell, it's still different because it's trust in the corners and at the top and sits on the floor and it leaves space for you to do the apron spots. I've never seen that apron spots where where he fell down and he was getting smashed against the cage. Exactly. So, like, to me, that match should have been MJF in there 
against Cody. You know, the, the regular singles match that they did at Revolution should have been Cody versus Wardlow on Dynamite. Yes. I mean, the way they did it was still cool and all that, but I think those two reversed would have been even bigger payoff in the long run. I guess they could, they're, they're thinking as they could be able to have that further down the line. Because yeah, I think I yeah. think that match, that match la- lacked a bit of intensity. The actual singles match for, for well, what you had, you had to go through to get to this match, and I think. Well, that was my issue with it. Wardlow looked lost in a lot of that cage match. Like you could definitely tell Cody was leading that match with them because Wardlow's—I'm not saying he's green, but he's not as seasoned as Cody or no. even MJF, who's still pretty you know, recent to the business. But like. You flip flop him and MJF in the matches, and I think the Wardlow versus Cody in a regular singles, yeah, have made Wardlow look a hell of a lot better. And then the cage match could have had MJF bring out a whole new brutality, kind of like the lashing did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Yeah, I can't believe MJF's only is he twenty three, twenty four. So what? I don't know how what he's going to be like when he's in his mid twenties, early thirties. He's going to be amazing. He's not. Well, he's, he's not. Not amazing. He's already a former world champion in multiple companies. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Gu- I'm, I'm a huge fan of MLW, and I'm gutted he's left the company now. So. But. I actually was at the last MLW tapings in Ooh. Philadelphia. R- wrestling. No, not wrestling. Uh, uh, if you watch, I'm sitting next to Mark Adam Haggerty, which is one of the greatest people I've ever met in wrestling. Uh, yeah. I am the t- timekeeper, if you want to call it, even though they kept calling me the bell ringer. So all I do is ring the bell all night. But hey, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. I'll have to look out for you. Yeah, we'll get we'll get them over here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, I'll be helping them again in July, I want to say July. They're back in Philly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's my one must watch show of the week at the moment, MLW. So, <laughs> so if we go back to the hardcore stuff, if if your opponent went under the ring and like pulled out a bag, would you prefer he pulled out what you have to call fun tax in America, aren't you? Yeah, fun tax. Uh, I have not taken fun tax yet. Or Lego. Legos. So the most extreme match I've done is yeah. what we call a noodle death match. Yeah, a noodle death. Okay. A noodle death match. So we're talking pool noodles. Yeah. Uh, so me and this was at CCW's Dojo World Program, actually. Yes. So me and this kid named Liam Jacob Noodle uh, became a tag team randomly. Uh, we were called the Dare Noodles. We were faces, and uh, one week I wasn't there, and he did a spot. The noodle called the noodle dive. So yeah. he ran with the noodle, stopped, and threw the noodle through the middle rope, and it hit his opponent, and his opponent bumped. So his opponent put over the noodle. <laughs> so so this sparked a whole rivalry with this group, and it ended in a noodle death match. So we had noodles taped to the ropes. We had a noodle table, noodle ladder, uh, bundles of noodles, uh, a hamper that he used to emulate New Jack uh, with noodles and stupid stuff in it. Uh, so, what we call the Masada spot over here with the uh, skiers. Yeah. You know, the skiers that they had. We did it with angel hair pasta. 
<laughs> but we're also taught to set up your own gimmicks. So before yeah. we went to the spot, I poured out a bunch of spiral pasta onto the ring and spread them out like thumbtacks. As this guy was coming at me with the angel hair pasta, and I reverse it, shove them in his head, you know, start smacking them. They start breaking, so he actually gets cut by these pasta because they start breaking. And uh, it gets a CZW chant. So I start going with it, and then I turn around, run at him, and get back by, dropped into the spiral pasta, sell it <laughs> like I just landed into a million thousand thumbtacks. And yeah. It, it was hilarious. I mean, DJ hated it. Because he thought it was stupid, but like to us, we we're like we're just having a blast. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> so like it was really funny. I really wish I had the footage from it. I have the clip of the you know be spiking in with the angel hair pasta and getting backdrop, but other than that, I don't have anything from it. So, British listeners, the noodles are the are they the foam? Yes, the ones that you use in the you, your swimming pool to help 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 swimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the, yeah, they're not called noodles over here. So yes, yeah, the uh, oh, okay. swimming games. We call aids. them noodles over here. <laughs> yeah, I I know they're called noodles because I watched Ben Ten this morning and they, they called them noodles on that. So that's why I don't know what it's called. So. Right, so what's what? Do you have a style of wrestler you like to face? Or? That I like to face? Yeah. Uh, not really. I mean, I pretty much. In my training, where I originally trained at Force One, uh, I was taught to be a good base because we had a lot of smaller guys that could do like the uh, Huracanas and you know flying head scissors and all that kind of stuff. So I'm actually really good at basing for people, so I can work with those guys. Actually, I did a seminar with uh, Hoover Two Guerrera. Oh wow! Uh, last year, and he was super impressed with my ability to base him even though I've never been in the ring with him before. So he was happy with that. And, uh, you know, obviously going out there with somebody that has an amateur ma- you know, background, we can go out there and actually, you know, just wrestle and entertain. Um, I was actually supposed to have that with a kid that just started that uh, had an amateur background. And from watching a previous match, I was like, he's too green to be doing the sports entertainment stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, I talked to the promoter. I'm like, hey, let me and him go and do an actual amateur match. You know, three rounds, you know, two minutes each. Keep score, win or lose, whether I shoot win or I shoot lose, like, it doesn't matter. I just attack him after the match and keep my heat. So even if I'm shoot winning, I can get myself pinned. It's not hard. Work. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, get myself pinned, lose. They raise his hand at the end. I beat him up and I keep all my heat. But he comes in with really stuff. Uh, unfortunately, the kid kind of messed up a little bit and said some stuff that uh, wasn't right towards like Kyler Rose. Basically, got pulled from the match because of that, and uh, he was a trainee of theirs, and he was going out like taking bookings from other people and stuff. So, mm. you know, they they basically they were like, "All right, you're done, kid." I mean, when you're when you're not listening to your trainers or people that try and give you advice and stuff, mm. so, what are you gonna do? You know, you gotta cut your losses. Yes, definitely. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. And you're listening to Broken But Glorious. You recently been involved with Retro the Retromania tournament. So how did you get involved yes. with that? So. Uh so I met the creator and owner Mike at a Comic Con I was flying a show for. And yeah. got to talking 
to him, and I was like, oh, this would be cool. I would love to be in a game like this. Like, my jacket would look sweet in this game. <laughs> and from what I was told, they actually thought my load was going to cost as well. Uh, so I thought I was actually going to just get a roster spot. Uh, but I guess other people had the same idea and was talking to them about trying to do it. And so they came up with the Indie Mania tournament uh, when yeah. I saw that. Uh, and they wanted nominations. I started campaigning right there, hitting up my friends and telling them, hey, on this post, nominate me. Hey, you know, tag me on this post. So I managed to be, there's 2,500 nominations, 113 wrestlers nominated, 32 chosen. So I got to be one of the 32. Now I just drew the short straw in my division and was the eighth seed against number one seed, Simon Miller. And pretty much got crushed in the actual voting of the first round of my division. What culture has such a huge reach? Well, and that's why I'm not actually bummed out about it. Yeah, like, it sucks. But they may be doing Indie Mania DLC. Yeah. uh, For even if they get enough support. So there's still, you know, I may still be in the game, which is why I still promote them. I still have flyers that I put out at shows on my merch table or like I fold up the shirt that they gave me and I have that folded yep. up on my merch table to support them and, you know, spread the word about them. And I always share and retweet and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, I accomplished a lot by just being in that tournament because there was a lot of guys in that tournament that have a name. Like yeah, guys like Anthony. Massive names. Yeah. You have Anthony Green, you have Colby Carino, you know, he's a legacy. Sugar. Sugar uh, yeah, Sugar. I love Sugar. One yeah. of his one of the favorite matches I ever saw when I was training was him versus uh, Greg Exel. Yeah, <laughs> but then you also had like Matt Cross and Warhorse and a bunch of guys, Caleb Conley. You know, all these guys are doing all these amazing things and have way more of a name than I ever did or ever do. You know, I I may never get to the level that they are at. Strived. That may not happen. And I'm in this tournament with them. And like I'm like, this is cool. Like, if I can get out of the first round, I may have a shot, depending on who else makes it out of the first round. Mm. I just got Simon. I mean, I'm from what I really saw the day of my matchup, I was the only one that treated it like an actual matchup that was happening in real life. Yeah, promos post post probably every thirty minutes. I was at my day job on my phone all day, getting yelled at at my by my boss. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to win this. <laughs> Luckily, he's cool and he understood. But like, you know, yeah. I, I really treated it like it was an actual match because you know I didn't want to lose. I wanted to be in this video game. It was something like you don't get many opportunities like that, and who knows if that will ever happen again. Was it, my, was it Mike Herman you met? Yes. At the Comic Con. Yeah, we interviewed him last year about the game. Yeah, it was just really he's an awesome nice dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and him putting me in that tournament, like, when I was looking, because I went back to see who all voted for me when the results were done and everything, like, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and I went and followed and uh, added as a friend and everything anybody that I wasn't already friends with. And while I'm going through the list, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people I never have talked to. Yeah. I didn't campaign to like, holy crap. This, this is a lot of people that are now following me because of this tournament. And I'm like, wow. And like to squeeze out almost 30% of the fan vote 
against Simon, who has that 1.3 million subscribers on YouTube and 87,000 followers on Twitter. Like, that's yeah. pretty damn good for a nobody. He's currently in a like an online war with Sammy Callahan. As soon as they're going to have a match soon. Uh, <laughs> funny story about Sammy Callahan. He's actually one of my original trainers. Oh wow! And we interviewed so, him just before it? Christmas. We interviewed him just before Christmas last year. He's, he's a very nice guy. He is. He is. Um, when I first started training, he was living in New Jersey, and he was booking for a company called Force One. While he was working at CZW, mm-hmm. and he was also one of the trainers there. He wasn't there as often as other people, but uh, he was there early one time. And I was always early, so I got ready. I got in the ring, and we started having an amateur match. And uh, I took him down, and he it shocked him because he has an amateur background as well. So after that, it was like I became his little project for a little while. And every show we had, in some way, shape, or form, he had some kind of interaction with me, even though I was just doing security. Yeah. Like one time I had to sweep hay out of the ring because these guys brought it was Devin Moore and Tyler Veritas or Ty Hagen at the time, uh, who used to team with Adam Cole and CCW when they first started. Um, so they brought the hay bales into the ring for this bunkhouse brawl after being told not to. And I'm sweeping them with this push broom and the push broom breaks. You know, the head just falls off and I can't get the screw back on. So I put it on the ring. I'm thinking, oh, the pole will be safe. Well, Sammy then gets jumped by Niles Young later in the night. I'm checking on him. Sammy kicks me in the face. And as security, you you know play dead to any damage. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he proceeds to go outside the ring and get that same uh, broomstick. And I think he hit me like five times across the back wow. with it. I'm like, yeah. you mother. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the other shows, he hit me with a chair, uh, pushed me, you know. He would just mess with me to see, I guess, either see how I would react or what I would do. But he also knew he could trust me enough to do what is supposed to be done as well. So during my research, I found out that you're a huge um, comic book superhero fan. So I think I've come up with a question that you'll really enjoy. (laughs) Okay. so So if Lex Luthor left Metropolis and set his sights on New Jersey, then Lex challenges the governor to a foreign force virus series match the governor turns to you to captain teams new jersey so um, team villain would be like lex luther lobo solomon grundy deathstroke um, which wrestlers would you select to be on team new jersey with you which are the three wrestlers pretty simple if i had to pick a team to face who would you say lex luther lobo solomon grundy and deathstroke i was trying to think of, i'm trying i was trying to get people who are quite Human, I don't want like, <laughs> aliens <Okay>. or, <laughs> or people made of energy. Got it. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, to match. All right. So, obviously, you have me. Yeah. Um, I would pick uh, Joe Gacy uh, because he's gone. He's done the deathmatch stuff, too. So, he has a high tolerance of pain. Yes. Uh, Solomon Grundy feels like no pain. Uh, so, I would pick Joe. Uh, oh, this is tough. I'm trying to think, Joe. Wow, because <laughs> there's so many options for different things. Yeah, but uh, Joe. 
Oh, uh, easy. The, uh, I'd pick a tag team. I'd pick the rat. Oh, so wow. it'd be me, Joe Gacy, and the rat. Nate, uh, Nate Carter, and Dave McCall. Right. <laughs> Which is funny because they're all CCW's champions right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I've known them. I've known all three of them since I've started. So, like, to me, I know they would have my back just as much as I've had theirs. And Nate and Dave are just freaks of nature in the ring. And Joe's a maniac. It's, I mean, it's in his name now. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's something I'll have to check out. I don't think I've seen any of their matches. So. Oh, uh, the rap? Yeah. Uh, the rep, jeez, look up, if you can find them, they just wrestled Bear Country in Beyond. Uh, yeah, I like Beyond. So if you can find that match, they've also wrestled them a couple times on CCW. Yeah. Uh, but So if you have the CCW's network that they have, you can literally just go and search the rep, and you'll find a lot of their matches. Cool. I'll, I'll look it up, because we have a subscription with powerslam.tv and CZW's on that, so I'll look it up on there. There you go. Right, so I, I read that you're um, organizing a big charity show in the near future. Uh, I'm trying to. So right now I'm still waiting for confirmation of a date from yeah. uh, a high school for us to get it all set up. So unfortunately, this past Sunday, uh, my best friend's cousin, who's practically my cousin, because that, you know, that family is family to me. Yes. Uh, passed away in a freak accident. Oh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, he doesn't do drugs or anything like that. So uh, he leaves behind a young son. And uh, he's also friends with a few other people in the wrestling business. So we're trying to put a show together for his son, hopefully in May, uh, only because that gives us enough time to really promote it and get it together right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's something... Like, I like doing charity events. I work some every year. Um, some I get paid for, some I don't. I don't really care about that for a charity event, as long as it's for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to take this sport or this form of entertainment and go out there and, you know, use it to help people is awesome. And the way I look at it is wrestling is just as good for the wrestlers as it is the fans. Because, you know, I could have a really crappy week, like, you know, a death in the family. And then go out there and just forget about it for a few hours and perform in front of everybody and just have my mind off of it. Well, the same thing goes for the fans. They could have a death in the family, lost their job, um, get divorced, anything. And then they come and pay their hard-earned money to come see us perform and they get into it and cheer yeah. and boo. For those two and a half, maybe three hours, they're, they're happy and not thinking of all the crappy stuff that's going on in their lives. And to me, that is the biggest thing that we give to people being you know professional wrestlers and um you know like i i may never make it to wwe or aew or even impact or roh or even mlw or anywhere like that but in the end of the you know end of the day when i'm on the shows that i am on i either get people to boo me or i get them to cheer me depending on what i'm healer face and they came and had a good time doing it so, like, that's my main objective between everything is just making sure everybody has good time and outlet and forgets what's wrong. Like, wrestling events, you know, all kinds of stuff is getting, you know, canceled because of the coronavirus. Mm. But the thing is, is, like, you go to a wrestling event, you're not going to be sitting there thinking of the coronavirus. You're going to be watching the entertainment. 
I saw, I saw Je- um, was it Stardom. They did a completely empty event. Then they, they just streamed over the Facebook, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, too, being precautious and all, but, like, in the end of the day, like, I'd rather risk getting that virus and be able to perform for these people and make them forget about it than, you know, sit there and perform in front of nobody. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, once it's all organized, if you want to tag us in any tweets, we'll retweet everything you want to try and get the word out. Yeah, uh, yeah. once I have the date all set, we figure out who's going to be on and all that, definitely will. Um, like I said, it's going to all proceeds. Um, we'll be going to his son. Uh, we'll be doing silent auctions and stuff there as well. And uh, it's just, you know, I get to use this form of entertainment that I do to help somebody out. It makes myself feel good, but it also makes everybody else feel good. Cool. So where else can people see you in the near future? Uh, this weekend I will be in Carlisle, Pennsylvania for uh, a company called Superstar Wrestling. Yeah, uh, I'll be facing a guy by the name of Draven Blaze, who actually has done some extra work for WWE lately, um, which I called him out on and <laughs> fun of him in my promos. Uh, we have a brief history in matches because we did a four-way elimination match, and he caught me with a pretty sick uh, package go to sleep, as I like yeah. to call it. So, uh, you know, hopefully this time it goes a little bit different. Uh, next next weekend, I don't think I have anything, but I may show up somewhere. You never know. <laughs> and then the weekend after that, I'm in Philly and uh, Glassboro, New Jersey. So I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then doing a double shot with Glassboro uh, in Philly. I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing yet, but I know I'll be there for Modern Vintage Wrestling. Uh, and then in Glassboro, I know I'm having... Uh, the match with my rival, Adonis Valerio, yes. who now has pink hair and wears heart glasses. I don't know why, but whatever. Uh, so that should be a, a good one. That you know, this food's been going on for almost two years now. Oh wow! So yeah, needs a death match to finish it. <laughs> I don't think either of us are doing that. I mean, he's just coming back from injury. Yeah. Uh, you know, knee surgery and all that. He came back a little earlier than he should have, but it's been holding up for him until he gets in the ring with me again. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff lined up that I can't get off the top of my head right now. Yeah, cool. Well, I'll, I'll keep up on your social media and I'll retweet anything you've got coming up. So, so before we go, do you want to promote your social media? Uh, so on Facebook, you can find me by searching Daredevil Dave Dahl. Uh, you'll see a picture of me with my jacket on. Uh, with the you know devil with the DD in its head. Uh, then yeah. on Instagram, you can find me at Dave underscore doll underscore 19. And then on Twitter, it's DD underscore Dave underscore doll underscore 19. That is a mouthful, I know, but uh, I couldn't <laughs> have the same as my Instagram. So that's what I went with. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll put, I'll put links to all of them in the description below the interview. So I've really enjoyed speaking today. I'd love to have you on again in the future would love to i mean this is great uh i love doing podcasts it's fun you know get the word out talk a little bit out of character and put other people over you know other than myself yeah i love it 